Hello and welcome to Motoring First. It's Shumi's turn to tell uh, where he's been. What he's been riding, I'll tell you. The Triumph Scrambler 400X. X. Right. Can we start right there? Why is it Scrambler 400X? I don't know. You don't? I think but X and Y come back to back. So the Y question following the X, I think, is completely natural. Why? 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 Why is it called the X? Okay. No, but officially we don't have an explanation of why there is a X or uh, if you prefer a cross. Oh. I don't know. But the speed didn't have anything like that, right? It was just the speed. No, we asked why after we finished riding the speed 400 in many places. But the speed 400 itself doesn't have a X, Y, Z, nothing attached to it. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> back to the motorcycle. Uh, you spent a fair amount of time with it? So the launch was at the same hotel in Kolard where the 390 Adventure was shown to us. Mm. On the 390 Adventure, basically, we rode around the area and we came back. In this, because we bring the bikes to the studio and film it, they allowed us to bring the bike back. So what I did was, uh, so I thought, how would I like somebody to use a scrambler in their daily lives? Mm. So I left the hotel on a road which I am vaguely familiar with. Okay. Twisty. I know that the tarmac is good because people from Pune came to the venue on that right. road. This so is Tamini that you're talking The Tamini uh, yeah. Ghat Road. But from Tamini, I took the Tel Baila Road, which I have seen as a 35-kilometer section of pure mud in the monsoon. Mm. I have seen it as brand new, narrow, rural tarmac. Mm. I have seen it as rocks. Mm. So I have seen it in every shape. Mm. And I had absolutely no way of predicting what those 35 kilometers would be like. Mm. But it was critical that the bike did well there because there's also no help there. Right. Signal is very weak and you're literally between very, very sparsely located villages. So if you get stuck there, you're stuck for a good amount of time. So guys, let me just explain. This is an extremely beautiful area of Maharashtra yeah. that Shumi is talking about. So he's climbed down from what would be the coastal area up to the Deccan Plateau, which is Tamini Ghat. And that's great tarmac, fairly wide roads, good fun roads to yeah. uh, ride on. And then the road that he's referring to is the road that leads to Ambi Valley, which is Lonavla, right? Yeah, so it comes out at the airstrip. From there, right. you get the twisty road, which is the Ambi Valley. And it skirts the lake a little bit. Yeah, yeah, all of that. And then you had have the highway section back, which is about 60-odd kilometers of highway back to the office. So we've ridden this bike a little bit in traffic also in the process, mm. uh, in Mumbai city traffic. Mm. But a large part of it is outside. And I wanted that road to be unpredictable, which is how it turned out. And a great mix of roads for the scramble action. Absolutely brilliant. But we'll come to that in a minute. Okay. First, let's just get a clear clarity on what the difference between the Speed 400 and the 400 uh, Scrambler is. Okay. So first, the engine is exactly the same. The only change they've made is the front sprocket is one tooth lower. That's it. Okay. So the Speed 400 is a 15 tooth front and the Scrambler, I think, has a 14 tooth front. And I'm going to suggest that if you have a Speed 400, I would totally spend the money to buy that sprocket, replace it and see what it feels like. Okay. Front sprockets are cheap. You will not have to replace your chain. Usually the chain adjustment enough to accommodate it. And the increase in liveliness of the motorcycle to me might make the Speed 400 quite a bit more interesting and easy to ride in the city. I would totally spend the money to try it. One. Mm -hmm. Second, the tank is not changed in any way. But the entire bike has been lifted by suspension. Right. So it's completely new suspension in the sense of the internals are not shared, the fluid level in the front fork is different, spring rating, the damping, everything is different. And it gives you uh, 20mm more of travel in the front and 30mm more of travel at the back, which raises your ground clearance. So now the ground clearance is 195 millimeters, which raises your seat height. So it used to be 790 on the 400. Now it is 835 on the wow. scrambler. 
that significant right but the chassis itself is not been changed in any particular way the seat i think is a little bit thicker on the scrambler so it will rise a little so bit from there. the pegs to the seat and yeah. from that to the bars is correct the bar is different they right. used to have an aluminium bar on the speed 400 this thing has a steel wider bar right and the logic they're saying is if you fall off off road and you bend the bar you can unbend it a little correct. bit and get home so we've given you a steel bar there's a set of handguards on it which are again plastic handguards so i'm not a fan I want handguards to have a metal brace inside so that I, oh. they actually do something. And to give you an example, see uh, Rishad Modi's story on Autoka. He dropped the bike. Mm. The handguard got bent out of the way and then the brake lever snapped, which means that the handguard actually didn't do any major work mm. there. So to me, if I were buying the scrambler, I would get rid of these handguards. Mm. Or I would call Big Bad Bikes, get backbusters properly with the aluminium brace and then that would be an actual set of handguards. So I would say discount the handguards, they're not important. But you've got the bash plate as standard. The bash plate looks quite serious though. Actually, the bike itself is more serious than I was expecting, but we'll come to that. Uh, you've got the grill over the headlight, which mm. is also standard. And I, that's the one part that I wish wasn't standard. Mm. I should be allowed to choose whether I want it mm. or not, because the screw holes are already there. So okay. if I buy the scrambler and remove the grill, it's going to look uglier than otherwise. So I, I wish that Triumph had let that mm. choice to me, but that one unit. Um, so handguards. Uh, some card grill over the headlight is all standard and they actually have built what to me is the f is a scrambler we've talked about something being a scrambler so far right. but we've never actually seen what a scrambler needs to do in the daily life uh -huh. i think the triumph scrambler 400x is the first motorcycle that approaches the idea of the duality of roles correctly okay so is it an off-roader mildly it is mild enough to do well off-road mm. and mild enough to not compromise its capabilities it every day in the city. Like, does it feel like, hey, let's have fun with this or does it feel serious? So here's the fun part, right? We know that the Speed 400 had a vibration mm. thing that we complained about. We said 4,500 RPM, your pegs start to vibrate and then the vibration progressively increases. And I had said in the previous reviews, FAQs and Motoring First, that by 6,000 RPM, you will complain about the vibration. Right. Uh, and the issue is not that there's so much vibration. The issue is it is so effortless before hmm. that the fact that it is not effortless after to me is too much of a contrast to take. Right. So there are two things that I've understood about this Triumph since then. So what Bajaj told us is that when they told uh, Triumph UK about the vibration issue, the first thing they said is, but we think the vibration levels are okay for international riders. This is true because our expectation of vibration being low are much more stringent than most of the world around. Because I think we come from uh, very low capacity, under stress singles into serious motorcycles. Whereas the Europeans come from very serious, highly strung, vibrating singles to twins and triples. And therefore a vibrating single is not automatically a problem for them. So there is an expectation gap there, one. Two, it turns out that the first batch of Speed 400s that they built and gave out to the media had what they call variability in vibration. So there were certain units that vibrated quite a bit less and there were certain units that vibrated quite a bit more. And since then, they have worked on identifying what the quality issues were so that the vibration level is the same. Okay. So what Bajaj has done since then is they've tightened the screws on that part of the okay. process. And now all speed 400s vibration levels will be similar. Okay. On the scrambler, what happens is you've got a very thick rubber pad on the foot pegs, which isolates you a little bit. And they've worked on making the vibration more stable. So it's okay. less annoying than the speed 400. I'm hoping that that means the Speed 400 will also show less vibration now. Mm. But the duality of effortless, oh, so much effort, it's still there and it still annoys me. It's not gone away, but it's less in scale than before. 
बट रिमेम्बरिंग दैट वॉट आई डिड इज ऑन द तमिनी रोड स्ट्रेच आउट विच इज अटी स्लाइटली अपहिल Did you mention about the tires? Thank you for bringing up tires. So you've got 19-inch wheel in the front, and they've got MRF curve big block uh, pattern tires. Big block patterns are usually designed to do something like 70% tarmac and 30% off-road. If you become more serious off-road, then you have to look for more serious tires. Obviously, mm. I would say if you're a more uh, street-oriented guy, I would not only look for better tires, I'd also go to the Speed 400s brake pads if I could, because to take the bite off the front, they've basically not put centered pads on the scrambler. The reason I asked about the tires was because to do with the engine vibration and all of that was going down with the gearing, right? It will mm. get more grunty, but yeah. it will rev through more. Correct. And I was expecting you to say that okay, this is getting finished before it starts, but you said it was, you know, it's fine. It's no, I'm going to still say what I said, what I should have said for the speed 400, which is if this bike had a redline at 7,000 rpm instead of 10. Mm. I think we would all be very kicked with this bike. Mm. So tires, brake pads, suspension. and therefore the ground clearance seat height etc handlebar is the change hmm. so what we did was when i left the hotel i knew that the first let's call it about 50 kilometers or something is going to be twisty roads on awesome tarmac hmm. right but i decided i am not going to uh, pick up the revs on this bike i am going to ride it below 6000 rpm hmm. and honestly i had a fantastic ride the bike okay. was effortless hmm. it did not feel slow was it lightning quick like a 390 duke would have been in that situation or this bike would have been if i was revving it out no but at no point did i feel like it lacked performance or i was struggling to overtake the odd few trucks that i had to overtake or anything it felt completely at home you get to about a 100 105ish peacefully no sense of strain no sense of anything going wrong mm. and there's enough grunt because remember the speed 400 is already a very flexible motorcycle in terms of how the motor right. and the gearing work together this is perhaps even more flexible because the gearing is low So you just opening throttle out of the corner, not making too many gear shifts. It's brilliant. I loved it. Oh wow! When I hit the tail bila section, I saw a narrow road. Let's call it about one this. Sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. Sorry. Before you get to tail bila, see, I know these roads, so I'm like imagining the ride through them. Yeah. Uh, they are fast and flowing. Even though it's a ghat section, yeah. The tarmac is good. It's got a good amount of weight. There are nice hairpin bends. There are some really sharp ones. Yeah. So. How did it do with the tires it and did, the it size? It did really well. Huh. Okay, so the 19-inch wheel does not get in the way of your handling a lot. Oh. There is a sense of heft and weight to this motorcycle, which I actually enjoyed right. because if you remember, I had said that the Speed 400 feels almost too small and too mm. light. Mm. This motorcycle does not feel small. Mm. Although the tank is the same, the bigger handlebar gives you a sense of I'm larging, uh, riding a larger machine. It gives you a sense of I'm sitting a little bit taller and looking down on the world. And there is now a sense of weight because this motorcycle is heavier. Mm. Okay, so it's nine kilos odd, but it All makes right. a difference because a lot of it is in unsprung mass. So you do feel like you're putting a little bit more work into it, and it is a nice, rewarding motorcycle in that sense. Mm. So it does corner well. You can correct your line a little bit in the middle of the corner, mm. and if you start to ride aggressively like that, where now and then you're having to tail, trail brake correct, then you might think. that a slightly better set of tires would be required okay. but otherwise if you're just smoothly flowing from corner to corner you can get to very serious space without needing any help on any department it just works i love you it. didn't have wet roads at any point no i didn't have any wet sections at all i anticipate that this tire will feel slippery in the wet okay the curve tire has never been very good in the wet this is still a mrf curve that's curve with a k so i'm expecting that once the rains come there will be some amount of complaining about this tire all right So the tail bila section is uh, narrow, this wide, hmm. and when I hit it, there was tarmac, oh, like wow. freshly laid tarmac. Oh, so I said, uh, okay, I'll take a detour or two. 
right because this route i think is already 170 80 kilometers hmm. so i thought okay we'll take a few detours that lasted 3 kilometers <laughs> and i come over a crest and at the crest the road basically stops it's like the bulldozer turned around and went back <laughs> right so right over the crest yeah. is where my gopro froze Uh, so whatever uh, uh, I th- I think I had amazing off-road footage uh, which I can't share with you because GoPro has still not figured out how to make a camera that won't hang at the most critical junctures. Be that as it may, and my frustrations, whatever, uh, it uh, basically came down to compacted rocks. Hmm. Like you'd compact them before you lay a road, except that this is after the road has eroded away. All right. So there are potholes in the middle of all of this, and I'm going through this. So I'm stood up on the pegs. Uh, riding position is pretty natural the contact point up to your knee is natural uh, the way i stand my knees are just behind the tank so okay. i have a little bit less grip than i feel i should have but i didn't struggle with that at all stood went at some point i looked down i'm doing 45 kilometers an hour okay and the wheels are clearly doing a lot of work but mm. i'm more or less insulated from it between me standing up and the suspension working i didn't feel a thing Oh, wow. came out onto very old tarmac so it's undulating and flowing and right. that part has crests so it crests and trough and when you go over the crest come into a trough go back onto a crest it will bottom the back sometimes so okay. mental note maybe rear suspension could have been stiffer hmm. but that mental note never got used at all because it worked so well in so many departments that if that were my bike hmm. i'd totally be okay with it bottoming here and there because it does so many of the other things so well okay so uh, preload on our bike was uh, i think third notch from the softest Okay. So there is the opportunity to go a little bit stiffer and make the bike rise a little bit in terms of ride quality and avoid the bottoming. Mm. But honestly, I probably won't touch it for the first 3-4 months because it just felt right. Mm. Then I came to what should be really bad, which is strips of tarmac followed by strips of stones because the water has washed off part. Nothing. It just went through. So it's uh, okay, you're through. Great. Then I hit a uphill uh, over a small hill. So think about I'm going to say about a kilometer and a bit of uphill. and the rocks were the size of my hand and i'm approaching it i'm doing 30 kmph because i'm processing thing what am i supposed to do now if i fall i don't know how steep steep and hairpin then two hairpins in the middle of it oh wow so i am like if i fall even if i lift the bike by myself i am basically stranded until somebody helps me if i get hurt that's 45 minutes of being hurt before so you were being through. adventurous yeah so i wasn't expecting that road to get that bad and it was a lonely road by this point i'm let's say 20 kilometers in and i have seen three guys go by mm. so i know that if i have a problem on this section i it's not like i can turn the bike around and go back and then go the long way around i am stuck mm. okay what do you do now so i put it in first went up the hill he is going quite easily I put it up in second started going then it hit a slightly steeper section rev started falling go back to first but i came out the other side feeling like hey that was almost too easy ha ah. So I didn't bounce the thing off any rocks. I managed to pick a route which didn't have a ground clearance issue as such. And at the bars, it wasn't like nothing. Fighting. It was not like it was bouncing me around and stuff. As long as I kept the momentum up, I kept the weight on the back wheel rather than the front a little bit. I was really impressed. Nice. Yeah. So I came out the other side, came onto the tarmac, and the tarmac almost felt boring because we'd already done so much work with this scrambler. Which is what I mean by saying, to me, this is the first time I'm seeing a scrambler that does the scrambler thing. Right. I had a great ride up the twisties. Then it went mildly off road. I'm not going to say it is serious off road because it wasn't, but it went mildly off road, feeling like yeah, I was designed for this. There's no crisis here. And then you come out on the other side, unscathed, unbattered, unbruised, untired, feeling like that was a section. And now I have twisty roads again, back into highway. And did you have luggage on your bike? Yeah, I did because I'd gone overnight, so that much of the bag was there. 
Okay. And so the between the clothes and all of that, it was a fairly large, my 40 liter Kriga with, uh, I'm going to say about five kilos or six kilos of luggage in it. Okay. Laptop, laptop, everything was packed. And you had, it. I mean, you could mount it. Achha, you have your straps that with Yeah. So no, the grab rail is very ugly, hmm. but it is also quite useful as ugly things sometimes are. So you, it's very quite easy to mount luggage onto the back. All right. And I was able to do what I like to do, which is to move the luggage as far up the seat as possible and create space for myself because hmm. I don't like it touching my back the hmm. whole time. So standing up the luggage didn't bother me and Kriegas mount pretty securely, so bouncing around or anything. So over the crest you'd land, it's not like you're hitting it on your bum and stuff. So it was actually a very pleasant experience. On the highway, again, on the last section, I said, okay, let's pick up the pace and see what happened. Let's get past the 6,000 RPM. So up until now, you never really had to go past that mark? I didn't bother because it was just moving. It was working. Yeah, it was working, which is what I said. If they had the red line set at 7,000, I would not complain. I would say this is how they designed it. And at 7,000 RPM, this bike is probably making 33, 35 BHP anyway. Interesting. Right? So uh, may, may not be 30 BHP, but yeah, it'll be 30-ish, I think. So if it's already making 30 BHP and it's doing it so effortlessly, mm. I don't know that I need the last 3,000 RPM and that 40 BHP number. Wow. Right? Once I started driving it out, all the memories of the Speed 400 came running back. Oh. Because it's fast. Look, don't get me wrong. It's fast. It's quick. Not 390 it's kind just of... Just not satisfying. Yeah, flavor quick is different, okay? The 390 is a mental flavor. Mm. This is a very calm flavor, but it will go quickly. But then there's vibration, then there is that sense of strain from the engine and it's complaining a little bit. And it's not complaining so much like, for example, if you remember the old Enfields, when you tried to max the top speed out, 120-ish, the amount of vibration and complaints were so much that I remember the first Thunderbird, I almost went wide because the bike was vibrating so much it couldn't keep itself in the corner. It's not that. It's just that Abhitak it was effortless. Now I am all, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't oh do it. Oh my. You know, it's like an employee, you give them work, they're very diligent at it. Till 7 o'clock they will do. But even if you pay them overtime, 7.01 they will start complaining and they won't stop till they leave for home. <laughs> <laughs> so, to me, if Triumph... I don't even know. <laughs> so I think if uh, Triumph were to pay attention to the disparity in vibration, above and below, not the quantity of vibration, the disparity in vibration, I think there is a smashingly good engine in there. Hmm. The frame already works really well. We said this for the Speed 400 suspension. I'm saying this for the Scrambler suspension. There is a difference in how they go through the city for sure. Hmm. The Speed 400 feels very composed and very good at dealing with potholes. The hmm. Scrambler is not that good at it. But that's because it needs to have that ability to go a little bit faster through much harsher stuff. So hmm. it can't do the everyday stuff as slickly as the 400. Is it uncomfortable? Absolutely. Is it any less inconvenient aside from seat height? Like, I mean, you know, to turn no, around and all that. No, no. So city-wise, use-wise? I'd totally get one. I, I'd, In fact, I would not get the Speed 400. I would totally, totally spend the 30-odd thousand rupees extra and get the uh, 400X. There's such a distinct difference between the Speed 400 conversation and this. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, engine-wise and performance-wise, that was good too. Yeah. But here, clearly, it has a purpose. Think about it like the Hunter versus the Classic 350, which emerged most from the same platform with minor differences. But you know that the entire engineering of the J-series was done for the classic. Right. All the effort was put into the classic. When you ride the Scrambler, I feel like the Scrambler is the bike the 400cc engine platform oh, wow. was developed for. And the Speed 400 is relatively speaking a derivative and not the actual product. Mm. So to me, I like the Speed 400 for certain specific aspects of it, like right. suspension or the finish quality, etc. The Scrambler has those. Mm. But then it raises the bar. And if you've ridden any scrambler in India before and you know exactly what bike I'm talking about, 
go write the 400, then you'll understand why I complained so volubly and so hard about the scramblers that have come before it. Not even the Royal Enfield scram comes into this picture. Mm. No, that's what this feels like. Everything's coming together to create yeah. one story, which was yeah. which was meant to be, right? The scrambler is just a level above. And if I were in your position where you're sitting with two bookings, pay the 30,000 rupees extra and get the scrambler. And what if you're short? Learn how to ride tall bikes. This I've said multiple, multiple times. Tall bikes are a skill. You can learn it. Once you learn it, you can ride any tall bike that you ever encounter. So if you decide to paint yourself into a corner, say, I'm short, I can't ride tall bikes. You're just writing off like a whole world of motorcycles just because you refuse to get over a mental block. Is it inconvenient till you learn? Absolutely it is. There are lots of other inconvenient things in your life that you've overcome already. This should be one of the easiest things to do. On the highway, what speed would you end up sitting at? 100, 100, 105. Because beyond that is where the vibration starts. So it's basically settled back. of six then? Okay. You'll basically settle back at 6. Okay. So that's 100, 105 is roughly where you'll sit. Mm. It's very smooth at 80. So mm. if you're a relatively slower highway tourer, mm. 80 will feel great. If you're relatively quick, you can't really sit beyond 100 until you get used to the vibration. Say, yeah, this is my bike. This is what it is. I'm okay. I find it so funny that more often than not, irrespective of where we're going in the displacement class, uh, 100, 110 seems to be this place best. Legally, you can't do much more than this in any case. And to me, the idea of latitude is not what you'll actually do. Mm. The idea of latitude is you should have the flexibility to do a variety of things depending on what your agenda for that day is. Mm. For example, I have done days where I have to cover 1200 kilometers. Mm. On a 1200 kilometer day, I want to sit at the highest possible comfortable speed I can. Mm. Because that is the distance day. Right. But there are tourism days. Right. On a tourism day, I'm riding 200 kilometers and I have to stop at 19 places. Hmm. There is no point in me doing 100 everywhere. Right. So I'm going to do 80. Hmm. But my bike should be flexible enough, fuel efficient enough and comfortable enough to say, you want to do 80, let's do 80. You want to do 100, let's do 100. Tomorrow they open an expressway and say sit at 120. I should be able to sit at 120. So would you be able to sit at 120 on? Yes, but with some amount of vibration in your hand and tingles and all of that. Which you shouldn't have to. Yeah, that's my point. Because like for a 400... That's why the expectations are, okay, can it do a little bit more? Like we discussed for, like, let's say the 390, it can easily sit at 110 or something. Yeah. With 110 and 120, it'll do easy, right? So that's why I asked about the highway, like to travel with. You can. Hmm. When I'm saying you're buying a 400, you're going to live with this motorcycle for three, four, five, six years before you move on to something larger or something different. For that duration, I would like you to have a motorcycle that does a whole bunch of things easily so that as you grow as a rider, as the conditions allow you to do more, you can do all of those things without having to mess with your motorcycle or change your motorcycle. So the idea is not that, oh, there is vibration at 120. If you can live with that vibration, that level of vibration at 120, you're great. It's fine. I actually am disappointed with this idea that I I think cruise speed should be between 120, uh, 120 and 100, for, especially when you're getting to like close to 40 horsepower bikes. Yeah, I agree. I think that should be there. I agree. Why is it not there is something I do not get because right from whenever we started testing bikes, even the small, like even the, let's say the REs, right? 350. And that's an old school 350. Yeah. That's okay at 100. Right? Yeah, and still, this is a modern day yeah and it's just it's just the change in vibration tonality it is not I don't think it's mechanically more sensitive I don't think it's going to break down I don't think there's a reliability challenge it's just that it got up to 100 feeling like bro this is the easiest thing in the you world know what? in my head you have created two parts there's this one picture there's one half and there's the other half like until you came to the point where you said you got to the highway and you went past 6000 I was just thinking about this as such a fluid such yeah. a 
versatile motorcycle and just like man like i was exactly. i was imagining those roads and everything right exactly and then suddenly the vibe changed a, i mean i can't say that changed dramatically but it changed like you said that ah i remember it from the speed now it's right? exactly my point so I, so when rishab was riding in the city the other day this is what i told him to do mm. i said you go from the office to the toll booth which is a 4 4 and a half kilometer run go below 6 come back below 6 you've got 8 kilometers below 6 now it's the middle of the afternoon so it's empty and now i want you to stay above 6 consciously for the next 8 kilometers where you do the same loop again hit the same right. roads he came back and he says i can't believe how much of a difference there is hmm. and it's the difference which is bugging me but handling tires brakes suspension ground clearance it just clicks into place one after the other this is a very nice motorcycle is it a pivot bike for you of sorts in what sense like looking in the price range is this going to be a motorcycle that you first refer to when no to me it needs to have more character for that this oh. is still a very subtle motorcycle i think a lot of people will discover how much they like this motorcycle a year and a half after using it regularly so i've not ridden it i'm just i'm just butting in here i've seen it standing in the office and looks really it looks great yeah i absolutely agree i it looks great it looks substantial it looks hefty It looks like the money you paid for it, and the Speed 400. It honestly doesn't look like that because it's just so much more compact. Just twin exhaust and all. Yeah. So and it sounds great too. Oh, the Speed 400 sounds kind of anonymous. Uh-huh. That has the same kind of distinct exhaust beat like a classic 350 has an exhaust hmm. beat that you identify as a classic. That has that kind of sound. It's, it's kind I'm of loudish. I'm pointing there because the bike is actually over there. It's kind of loudish also, right? It's kind of loud and it's very distinct. You will hear. Uh, so on the GoPro footage, I think we have some pretty decent audio capture this time. So you will hear it brapping through the gears, and because we are low in the revs, you will hear it coming on, and it does actually sound very nice. Okay, so when you say it should have had more personality, what areas? I mean, what? Obviously, there's something in specific to aside from engine. Engine, you've made clear. So to me, if the engine ran effortlessly all the way to the red line, the motorcycle would automatically have the character of being totally effortless to whatever you want. It doesn't have that. Mm. And to me, that is the big. See, okay. look at the three ninety Duke. Let's take the chassis and engine as two separate items. What character does the chassis really have? Mm-hmm. It has lots of capacity and capability. So does the scrambler, you know, a very different flavor. But it's the engine that brings back the idea of the madness and the mm-hmm. on the 390. Why do we think of it as mad? Because that engine does those things. Mm-hmm. You will keep asking yourself the question, saying, "What does this the engine? The chassis is the opposite of that." It's yeah. Yeah, it's efficient. It's precise. It does a thing. Ultra, right? And the engine says, "Yeah, I can do all of that, but <laughs> let's do something more fun." The scrambler doesn't have that sense of, you know, a, a, like a joy outside of effortless, easy, and calm. Mm. Some of you will like this, mm. and a lot of you coming up from small motorcycles will think that itself is so overwhelming that you can't imagine the world beyond it. But promise you, give it a year, ride seriously, you will overcome that very quickly. and what i worry about with subtle motorcycles and i've said this before i've heard all kinds of feedback about it and i honestly don't care because i know this will happen if the motorcycle is super subtle to start with as soon as you make that step and match the motorcycle then the motorcycle falls below you and becomes kind of dull so to me if this motorcycle had more character the engine was just more happy to go up to its red line with no sense of strain i think this would be a lot more powerful as a machine uh, emotionally Today I can tell you this: If you are buying a 400cc Triumph, the Scrambler 400X undoubtedly is the one I would put my money on. All my questions were leading up to to travel with, right? Yeah, it's. I think it'll be great if you're in if you're a calm temperament person. But would you recommend it over a Himalayan? 
even I, I can't recommend anything about the Himalayan right now because the 452 will come. No, and existing Himalayan, like what people. No, I, I don't think the 411 is a great travel bike anyway. I have always said that the bike is too slow for its own good, hmm. and that, that's what I'm hoping the 452 will fix. Hmm. So, does it ha the Himalayan have great suspension? Yes. So does the Scrambler. Hmm. Uh, is the Himalayan comfortable ergonomically? Yes. So is the Scrambler. Hmm. Uh, is the Scrambler the same kind of performance as the Himalayan? No, it's no. already much, much, much quicker. Yeah. Even at the effortless mode, it is quicker. Hmm. Does it feel lighter on its feet? Wildly. So to me, I've never thought of the Himalayan and the Scram as fantastic motorcycles anyway. Hmm. To me, it is now the oldest Royal Enfield and the poorest Royal Enfield. Hmm. As soon as the 452 comes, we will see what the new playing field is. And Royal Enfield has shown the ability to turn tables on people. Correct. So if it turns the table on Scrambler, we are golden because that means we get two awesome, awesome. off-road capable motorcycles into, mm -hmm. our, into the mix of what we could choose from. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So will the 452 be better than Scrambler if Royal Enfield's engineering record is anything to go by? Yes. But does that make the Scrambler worse? No, it is the best Triumph, I think, in this class that you can buy for sure. Anybody who's buying a Speed 400. I started with the Himalayan specifically mm. because everything you've said about the Scram applies for the Himalayan as well. Yeah, the difference is if you remember riding a Himalayan 411 off-road, the Scrambler will feel modern. Whereas right. the Himalayan Everything feels old. Everything you say about the Scram is more modern. Yeah. No, no two ways, that's the sense you get. Yeah. But the Himalayan, and surprisingly, despite it being slower, despite it being heavier, despite all its issues, the kind of following it has. It has be. character. It does have character. And yeah. people have just kind of, so that was the thing in my head, like when you were talking about going through yeah. the rough section, doing the highway with luggage, I was just thinking, okay. This no, but it's, I'm telling you, the Scrambler is the most cohesive, is the more cohesive of the two Triumphs right now. I think Triumph will have more 400s coming. The more 400s that come, I think the Scrambler will continue to shine in there. Okay. Adventure? I'm increasingly feeling that this is going to be a retro-oriented line. So I think Steve Sargent, uh, who's the product head, I think, or whatever, he showed a third bike that looks like a cafe racer now. So okay. you're going to get a speed, you're going to get the scrambler now, and you're going to get the cafe racer. And whatever iterations come after this will all be, I think, in the retro mold. And if they do that, then the tiger is off the off the table for this platform for sure. But if they're going to, they have what? They had 14 showrooms in July. They have 35 showrooms in 25 cities today, and they want to be at 100 plus by March. If they're going to fill out showrooms at this scale with motorcycles, they're going to need more 400s. Okay. Three we know of. Uh, sorry, we moved to showrooms, so I know we're going towards winding up, but uh, ride modes of any sort? I just thought about uh, You have ABS, uh, off-road ABS, where you, you turn the rear off. You have the okay. ability to turn traction control off, and both individually, they're not connected to each other. So you can do that. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, it's there. All the little basic things are in place. Throttle maps or anything like that? No. Okay. But it's a very mild bike. You remember the Speed 400 and the Scrambler both have these really nice, talky, great gearing. You can take speed breakers in third and fourth gear kind of gearing. So it doesn't need much. Hmm. And it doesn't have snap anyway. Right. It has torque. It doesn't have snap. Hmm. When you have snap, I can imagine that a gentler mode for mud and all of that would be useful. Right. There's no snap, so it's easy. Okay, nice. And in that sense, I think of it as a friendly off-roader rather than a super capable off-roader. Hmm. So guys, just for those who aren't off-road uh, experience, Typically, off-road bikes will have a lot of torque low down in the rev range. You don't have to work the engine hard. It's supposed to let you chug through stuff. And even the more powerful bikes, you'll find that bottom end torque is what matters to make it easier for the rider to uh, make uh, his or her way through, right? So this character sounds good for the yeah. Scram, yeah. Uh, Scrambler. Yeah, and, and it does it easily. 
which is what I enjoy about it. It's it's not like I am working too hard or the engine is working too hard. It's just like yeah, this is mm. we'll deal with it. It's okay. nice. Uh, should I pull out the question? Sure. Yeah. Okay. You pulled out some uh, queries from the social posts. Yeah. So top questions that people have asked: uh, price, is it worth it? So I think that the Speed 400 price will also come up. I know that the Scrambler's price will also slowly rise over time. Today, the difference is thirty thousand rupees between the two. Mm. I cannot tell you that the difference will remain thirty thousand. I can't tell you that they will remain two point three and two point six lakhs either. So okay. today, I think the Scrambler is a good motorcycle at a reasonable price. Mm. The Speed 400 appears to be exceptional value. Maybe it is, but it's not this good a motorcycle overall. Versus Speed 400, we've already covered. Versus Super Meteor, Tier Four, <laughs> good for highway, one tour a month, no off-road. Um, look, the Super Meteor is going to feel more special than the Scram on that use cycle. But the Scrambler has the better suspension than the Super Meteor. Mm. So what you're choosing is comfort versus uh, appeal. Mm. So if you want to look better when you're doing these things in your Tier Four town, I think the Super Meteor is the right bike for you. But if you'd rather be comfortable and actually cover distances and feel happy and get through the bad roads in the area, feeling like hey, this is all easy, the Scrambler will do better for you. Awesome. Okay, test rides will help you decide between the two because to me they don't cross over at any level. Makes sense. Yeah. Pillion comfort. Uh, honestly, we didn't put anybody on a pillion on this. I think we put 230, 240 kilometers in total between bringing here and whatever riding we've done. We've not taken a pillion on, and this is not a review. This is just our first impression of the motorcycle, which happens to be over this time over whatever 220, 230 kilometers of riding. So it's not comprehensive. A review will happen. This motorcycle will now go back to Bajaj. Then it will come back to us for a review when we'll actually put it through its paces, and then we'll have our opinion on motoring view. At that point, we'll try and attack service quality, pillions, and all of those kinds of issues. Best in segment? Uh, depends on how you define the segment. If scramblers as a segment right now, yes, we don't know how it will change once the Himalayan 452 and the Scram 452 also appear onto this class. But if you think about uh, YSD scrambler or whatever, far superior motorcycle. There's, it's not even in the same ballpark. Okay. Oh, and one more thing that I learned is uh, some people have been asking how all Speed 400s are registered as Bajaj Speed 400s, and you will register this as the Bajaj Scrambler 400X oh. on your registration documentation. So it turns out that because Triumph Motorcycles India as an organization no longer exists, they can't put a registered office for Triumph in India anymore on Vahan. Oh. So the only office that they can put is the Bajaj Auto Office. And therefore, it picks that name, and therefore, it gets registered as the Bajaj Speed 400. Ooh, my God! But KTM registers as KTM 390 Duke because KTM India does have a registered office, so Vahan does recognize that as a organization. A strange thing, man. Yeah. How does that even happen? Okay, crazy. Uh, last one, DIY. Triumph, not OTC parts. Yeah, so uh, Triumph had uh, fairly regressive policies in their previous avatar. One of those regressive policies was that they would not sell you over-the-counter parts so that you could work oh, on your own right. motorcycle. They would say, "What do you want? Brake pads? Okay, you bring the bike. We'll change your brake pads." No, I don't. I'm going on a tour. I just want to take the brake pads with me. Now you sit and convince them that this is not a hanky-panky thing. This is an actual brake pad purchase, which is a hedge for a long tour. They were that kind of reluctant about everything. So this is where this question is coming from. Today, the Triumph service network is taken over by the same guys who created the KTM and the Bajaj Pro Biking service networks. Mm. They've done a tremendous job of it, if you ask me. 
so i would suspect that some of these ulta sidha things of no otc sales and all that will transiently happen some dealers will violate their own internal policies perhaps and say ke hum to we will not sell it over the counter but i don't think and i'll double check but i don't think that there is official policies that don't sell parts to people okay i've bought ktm parts from ktm counters for years together and had worked on outside mm. so i don't see this as a problem i would say the challenges can you make your service network so attractive so high quality so effortless that there is no reason for you to look outside at all Correct. to me that is the right way to do this absolutely you should bring a situation where the guy can't imagine why he would buy an otc part at all right but Which was the case with the ktms largely i have also heard here and there dealer stories saying i mean in terms of cost like you know to, yeah it was easy no reason to uh, yeah get it service i mean from a cost standpoint there was no issue there there was no issue no. availability was always uh, strong no and they were quite uh, gracious about warranty claims and stuff also without too much chick chick you would get work done and move on right so they had a lot of these fundamental things very right from a long time ago they still are and honestly <clears throat> we did ask motoring viewers about uh, which brands what kind of service what's going on and bajaj has honestly got a surprisingly good uh, report from there I whereas see. for example uh, people crave about tvs a lot people crave about tata service a lot yeah. so there are brands that stand out because there's always some amount of complaint against him royal enfield is very sporadic surprisingly mm. bajaj people were saying they go out of their way to help it is so easy parts are cheap and just check tick box after tick box after tick box it was like wow they must be doing something really right No, I've seen this with KTM actually that they were quite responsive. The first gen Duke, yeah. Uh, remember, you had to uh, when you were uh, getting it serviced, you'd have to buy oil by the liter in the cans. Yeah. So and you'd always have this leftover hmm. which you would misplace. So next time you spend all over again, right. and then the next time, by the time they got to the second gen, they started getting motul in the by the barrel, right? Right. So then they were charging you exactly for that. Three point one liters that you needed, or whatever Correct. it was, right? Yeah. So they worked towards making it more cost-effective yeah. and making it easier for you to manage, also. No, so they've they've been an effective network, and I think those things that they've learned will transfer now to the Triumph India service network, hmm. which is now. An, Do they have accessories and stuff? They the? will have a few things. So on the display there, there was a bike with a top box, a duffel bag, uh, and a couple of other things. Top box, duffel bag. a uh, tank bag and stuff like that uh, they didn't give us pricing for those things yet but to me manufacturer luggage should only be purchased when it integrates into the motorcycle itself so like the side panniers the plastic side panniers that you'd often get with uh, mid displacement touring motorcycles those make sense to tank bags duffels and all of this you just find them a heck of a lot cheaper similar quality or better in the aftermarket with brands like rhinox or viator or whatever i would simply never ever buy a top box from triumph because they are marking it up for the brand and you're not earning anything gaining from it top box is mount the same way as gv would mount them or somebody else would mount them so there's no benefit to be gained from this so bespoke protection parts like a crash bar designed to fit into that motorcycle maybe uh smaller parts like mirrors and stuff where aftermarket quality can be significantly worse than what mm. the manufacturer is willing to give you yes luggage i would just never buy it from a manufacturer except for plastic panniers which fit into the bike you don't add any hardware and then you take them off and the bike looks like it was yeah. coming out of the showroom that's the only situation where i'd spend money with a manufacturer for mm. luggage so basically it's the speed 400 but it's been raised up uh it's got more travel 19 inch front uh different tires more chunky obviously um uh, 
seat to foot peg is the same handlebar is different it's wider it's steel not aluminium because it has to be sturdy to take a hit if it falls the engine is the same but the gearing has changed the front and the rear sprocket to give it more grunt at lower revs only the front sprocket no only the front sprocket oh sorry 14 tooth front no because you said the chain would have to be longer so no i'm saying if i had a speed 400 i'd get the scramblers and put it Achha, on that so the chain anyways would work yeah. no, so you don't have to worry about the chain at all yeah. uh, it's smaller so it <laughs> right uh, so yeah so only the front sprocket has changed uh, everything else is the same the exhaust looks different the bike sounds great the engine has a lot of grunt works effortlessly up to 6000 rpm and from everything i've heard will be easy to manage off road in terms of its agility and ease because of the grunt as well and on tarmac through the twisties it felt more weighty but it was enjoyable didn't get in the way at all felt like a more substantial motorcycle because of it as well um so we did the rough road bit as well the disc brakes are larger uh front disc is larger yeah front disc is larger 320 instead of 300 and non sintered pads and so the bite is less so yeah so, so it can feel a little weak when you're trying to ride faster minus marking if you're going to ride a road a lot just go back and get the speed 400 sintered pads instead solved okay so through the b roads through the rough roads enjoyable got onto the highway went past 6000 rpm and the old speed 400 character came through which is not terrible vibration but vibration and a sense of not really being as effortless as it was just moments ago but you don't have to if you just sit at 6 yeah 6 you'll be fine 100 kph is doable yeah. my grouse was that why can't 400 cc bikes just do 120 that that would that would be awesome yeah. uh in the city uh, sorry yeah the rear suspension did bottom out sometimes over lumpy tarmac but not a problem uh, shumi said that you could just leave it like that for most people it'll be fine in the city over potholes not as well settled as the speed 400 was but not a complaint this is the default of the two times to buy despite that Correct. and in terms of managing in city traffic it was fine commuting because of that grunty nature just works yeah uh touring yes he had a uh, small piece of luggage on the back easy to tie on because of the ugly grab rails yeah. they helped yes because of the ugly grab rails yeah. they helped um over the counterparts we're not sure of right now uh, mm. the service network has expanded dramatically accessories were shown uh, but nothing essential things you could buy from uh, other providers of gear and luggage etc um hmm. uh, and you would probably get them uh, if i had done this in school uh <laughs> <laughs> and they only taught automobiles and things uh yeah so so yeah the accessories we're done with that and uh okay that's it price 270 263 it'll become 270 it's just a matter of how many months before you become you are right <laughs> okay and yes the most interesting about the part that I had no clue about it's a bajaj scrambler founded x on the registration document only <laughs> if i mean <laughs> okay yeah uh, Thank you. If you have more questions, as usual, please leave us a comment. If there's specific details you want, more details you want, or want to discuss something else entirely, it's all good. Please leave us a comment. We'll get back to you. Uh, Motoring first again is available audio only on Spotify, Google, Apple, and Amazon. Okay, that's it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for watching. <laughs>